today is our annual Vision Sunday, where we celebrate some of the highlights from the previous year. And you know, when you're driving a car, you're spending most of your time looking through the windscreen, looking forward where you're going. But occasionally, you'll look in that rearview mirror and see where you've been. And we do this once a year. There's so much that goes on in all the various areas that we won't have time to mention many of them today. But we want to share some stories that just capture some of the amazing things that are going on. By way of introduction, here is an overview of the many things that we got up to as a church. When this church began 20 years ago, we had a sense of what the Lord wanted this church to be and to do, and we wrote a vision statement, which in two sentences attempted to capture that vision. And it is as true today as it was back then. God has called us to build a growing, regional, biblically-based church in Nottingham, which will, in a creative and contemporary way, in the power of the Holy Spirit, worship God and communicate the gospel with compassion and generosity. We aim to make, train, and equip disciples to be effective in the extending of God's kingdom, to develop leaders, to plant new churches, and to contribute to the blessing of the whole body of Christ. And for 20 years, that statement has defined the blueprints of this church. And once again, this year, I want to reflect and celebrate how we have worked this out as we seek to serve the Lord as a people. But as I do, I want to emphasize two words which describe the way we have looked to pursue this vision. And that first word is relational. Relationships are an essential part of this church, and the massive network of relationships is primarily expressed through small groups. We have small groups for adults and also for youth and also for many of the children. And they're at the heart of the church, the place where so many close relationships are built. I know many of you in small groups have your own stories of how you've received care and support through life's ups and downs, but let me just mention two stories that capture what's going on in the small groups in the life of the church. First of all, Sam and Laura Cook gave birth to twins in April, and our usual practice in small groups is that uh, to support new parents as a food rotor, and uh, small group members cook and deliver wonderful meals each evening uh, for the new family. Now, Sam and Laura wrote this of their experience, having had twins. We wanted to give our testimony to the love and support of friends in church. Our food rotor is phenomenal. Three exclamation marks. It's been going for over five weeks now. What a huge blessing. Not only time-wise, with us not having to spend time cooking, but financially, this is such a bonus as we are buying twice the formula and nappies. One international student from Indonesia called Joe wrote to tell us of his experience. He comes from a Christian family that had many financial difficulties through his childhood, and he dreamed of studying in the UK. Finances were tight, but he has been studying away from his family for more than six years now. Now, he joined Trent in September. He's been going along to the student freshers small group, and on hearing that he had spent the previous six years in halls alone on Christmas Day, his small group leader, one of our Discipleship Year members, invited him to celebrate Christmas with his family in Sussex. So Joe said this. He wrote this down. I was gone out of words. I was in tears of joy. I'm not sure that anybody will invite a stranger that he met for a couple of months to a very special family dinner. I don't do that. But God did that through my friend. And to cap it off, Joe's friend also colluded with members of the small group and also the family to buy what Joe described as literally enormous presents from friends and my friend's family and organized them to be waiting there when he arrived in Sussex for Christmas. And reflecting on that experience, Joe said this, he didn't give me money to be back in Indonesia or bring my family here. He provides me with something which is just as good. He gives me a family. In addition to the, uh, about 90 small groups we have around the city and beyond, we have also 12 special interest groups, including activity-based groups, support and recovery groups, uh, those for singles, those for others who speak other languages. Now, the second word that I believe describes us is that we are an inclusive church. We're a church where people from every walk of life 
can find a place here to belong, where people are welcome, where people are accepted, no matter where they're coming from. At the baptism last week, it was thrilling to see folks of all ages and backgrounds, atheist, agnostic, Buddhist, Muslim, all celebrating their new life in Jesus. I was struck by the story of a lady who came along to Trent on a friend's recommendation. She was befriended by one of the Connect team, and she said this of her experience. I was overwhelmed by the size of the congregation, but God was on my side. I just wanted to say thank you for providing such a wonderful opportunity. It's not easy walking into such a large group on your own, and this has only been possible for me through the warm welcome of people I've been fortunate to meet here. And since writing that letter, she's now volunteering at the Arches, and also she just did Alpha last term. There are so many stories this year of people from different backgrounds finding their way into relationship with Jesus and belonging within the church, and we captured a few of those on this little film piece. I grew up in a, a very happy family, but non-Christian family. Um, and I went to church maybe at Christmas time, weddings, funerals, things like that. Um, and Jesus wasn't someone who was a part of my life or my family's life. I grew up in a Christian background, loving family, love the Lord. Um, I'm originally from West Sussex and uh, grew up on a farm. Well, I always knew that God was real, but I kind of did my own little thing. My mum kind of brought me up in church because she's like a Christian. Um, so although I was kind of very bubbly and, and friendly and, and you know happy, there was just something missing. Things started getting bad for me when I was about 12. My, um, my, my, my dad died. Uh, and that's when I started going off the rails a little bit with, 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 a, with addiction, you know. Things started progressing. I started smoking, started hanging around with the wrong crowd. Um, and then all the way, all the way through my teens, really, I was lost. I was, I was quite angry with God. I started rebelling, started rebelling against my mum, started rebelling, rebelling against school, started fighting, started getting in with the wrong crowd. When I first qualified as a doctor, um, I got a job in Boston. So I moved to Boston, and I was in a town with people I didn't really know, and I was trying to work out how to become a doctor and what that was like. Um, but at the same time, I'd also recently just gone through a breakup. Um, and it was someone who I did really care about and he was a really good friend before it happened. Um, but following the breakup, he was actually someone that I became you know, quite scared of. Um, and that process ultimately ended up in me having to go to the police, getting the courts involved and getting a restraining order against him. And it was quite a difficult time and quite a messy time. Um, and I felt very much on my own. So it was on my 21st birthday, and um, I, I was I was pretty suicidal. I was I was at the end, you know, of my wits. I, I didn't know where else to go. I was in isolation. I was depressed. I was really down. I, I didn't want to live anymore. Um, I was I was I was I was high, you know, off 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 my nut smoking, smoking weed. My granddad thought I was going to drive, so um, he came up and intervened, which is, is really out of character for him. It was God working through him, I think, to, 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 to intervene and to, to um, start me on a, a new path, you know? Well, my sister comes to this church, and when uh, my marriage broke down, um, I had to literally flee my house really quickly with my two daughters, and I didn't have anything, not even a bed. And so she was saying, I'll come to church, and I was like, I'm not sure. And she, then she kind of told me about the Archers Project, so I went there, and it just blew me away, just seeing people put the money where their mouth is. And, and even a small group, they kind of saved up money and bought me a new washing machine, and it, it just did something to me. I thought, these people have got something real, and I, and I want to get involved and know what it's all about. So that's when I came to Trent. I got, um, my granddad uh, agreed for me to go into rehab, paid for it, which started me on my journey. And um, I met a Christian man there who was my therapist. He referred me up to the Carpenter's Arms in Loughborough, where I'd done an eight month program there. Really met with God in a way that's changed my life, you know. After my year in Boston, I moved back to Nottingham. And um, I was still in a difficult place and I was still trying to come to terms with everything that had happened. Um, and then I did Alpha course for the second time. Um, 
And at the beginning, the leader, the group leader asked, what do you want to get from it? And I said, I really want to know God. And then by the end of the course, that's exactly what I got. And I met with Jesus for the first time at the course of Live Far Weekend. And then I got baptised in February this year. Acceptance, that's what I got from the church. Acceptance, that's, that's, that's sort of what I felt. The presence of God is so powerful here in, in, in worship. It's something that I, I just, I'm left in awe sometimes. I've got such a peace about me when, when leaving this place and I feel like it sort of sets me up for the week. But also I've started to get connected here, you know, I've started um, going to small groups. Well, I came into church and um, I was a blubbering mess. I just remember sitting there and there was advertising the power to change on the big screen. And I just remember nudging someone next to me like, how do I get onto that? And she said, it's all right, I'll show you, I'll let you speak to someone. So she taught me to speak to Jackie, who runs it with her husband, Ronnie. And I was crying that much, I couldn't even get my phone number out. I was really, really sobbing. Um, and then I went to the Power to Change course, and that's where God really got to the core of, of, of me and, and getting back right with him. And, you know, like since that, I've, I've always been on um, Power to Change again, but I've been as a helper, I've my own little group and pray for people. So I'm just glad that God can use me and use my testimony to other people. My relationship with God is really growing every single day, my prayer life, my worship life, um, and I just can't wait to see where God takes me next, you know? Um, I'm really grateful that my friend did invite me to Alpha, because if he hadn't have invited me, then I don't think I would have found Trent Vineyard, and I wouldn't have made the friends that I've got here, and maybe I wouldn't have met God either yet. Wonderful. Now, whether you're um, on a journey of faith yourself or whether you've known Jesus for an awful long time, I hope that these two words, relational and inclusive, would be accurate descriptors of your experience here in the church family. These two qualities impact how we pursue the vision that God has called us to. It affects the way we park cars on a Sunday, the way we... Uh, create our website, it affects the way we reach out into our community, it affects everything we do. Now as I continue today to look at some specific aspects of our vision, I hope you'll be encouraged as I am. We are a church who worship God. We have a wonderful heritage in the vineyard of worshiping God in a way that is intimate and authentic and this is a reflection of the way we worship God with our lives all the time as well as the way we approach actual sung worship and whether we're worshiping together in large or small groups we look to do it in a way that is real but also in a way that's accessible to people who aren't used to church this year we had some wonderful times doing that we had we have numerous worship leaders leading in small groups and other ministry areas, including young people leading their peers in worship. The worship network is made up of over 140 people. We have 30 people who serve on Sundays in the bands. We've held, held different courses, different events, including worship dance events, giving people the opportunity to engage in worship using a different medium. In November, nearly 180 students and young adults gathered together for an evening of worship. One Sunday morning and evening last summer, we set aside entirely for worship and prayer. And uh, we are also a church which prays. Prayer, of course, is the primary means that we develop our relationship with God. It's also the primary means he's asked us to engage him in working with us or us with him. So everything we do is undergirded by prayer. Every team here, from the staff to the football team, pray together. As a staff, we pray together most weeks. People are here every Tuesday morning for the men's and women's prayer meetings. People pray before services. Every month, people walk around the city center to pray. Others gather monthly for worship and prayer. People pray for situations overseas, for persecuted churches. Every year, we host a time of prayer and reflection on Good Friday. And we have a prayer chain for urgent prayer needs. We've also enjoyed having some focus prayer events at certain times. As a church, we joined with, uh, well, a national week of prayer initiated by Justin Welby, Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, with prayer points which were sent out to individuals daily. 
and we hosted a creative spare, a prayer space for 24 hours and joined with churches across Nottingham in the lead up to Pentecost Sunday. From the outset, we have longed to be the kind of church that practices faith both in words and in deeds, and we want to roll up our sleeves and be an actively compassionate church. God is utterly compassionate, and we want to extend God's compassion to those in need, both personally and practically. And hundreds of you are involved in serving others in need. There are many thousands who've benefited from your care over the course of this last year. And of course, your expression of compassion goes beyond the various ministries we have uh, to things done through small groups, but also individually in your own lives. We have too many areas by far to mention in the area of compassion, but uh, here are some highlights. We'll begin with our largest compassion ministry, known to most of you, is called The Arches, housed in the building between here and the youth center. And last year, we celebrated the 15th anniversary, and so we've put together this video for today to share that story so far. Well, here we are at Broadholm Street. I can't believe that 15 years ago, this is where the arches first got started. Wow, I remember all those years ago, first walking into this building, it being a huge derelict space, and to be honest, feeling quite overwhelmed. But you know, it's been amazing to watch. Right from the beginning, the church just gets stuck in and involved in all kinds of ways. I never could have imagined all that has happened over these past years. It has been an incredible journey, full of ups and of downs. We've seen so much change in that we've moved location over those years, teams have grown, we've been able to impact our city in many different ways. But the vision has always stayed the same, to demonstrate God's love in a practical way. We have met some amazing people and it's been such a privilege to be part of their journey. We thought you'd like just to hear from one or two of them. Okay, I come here uh, first time. Uh, they help to me. Um, I'm so happy. I get items uh, for my daughter and uh, my house. I get too much, that's why I'm so happy. <laughs> because uh, before I came here, I haven't anything. I came to the Arches about 13 years ago. I feel like the Arches has changed my life, so I'm very grateful to those who've supported me through the Arches. I started a small group. Um, I've also done the Power to Change. I've done the Freedom in Christ course. I'm about to start DY Plus and the Friday service at the Arches. In 2012, we moved into our new building and it's been incredible to have the space to allow us to expand in all kinds of ways. We have hundreds of committed and dedicated volunteers who give of their time week in and week out so generously and freely. We often find that volunteers are deeply impacted by the people that they meet. Here's Mick's story. So one Thursday morning I'm doing project work here at the Archers um, and I meet a young mum who's been referred to us by uh, the local authority. Um, and we take her next door to a storeroom similar to this and I say to her, you know, so what have you got? And she says, Mick, I've got nothing. And I said, well, okay, Let's, let's start here, I said, go over there, there's some cutlery over there, take what you need and let's, let's make a start. And I, I never forget it, she walked over to this little rack where we keep the cutlery and she picked up one knife, one fork and one spoon and said, could I take this? And I walked over to her and I said, let's believe you're going to have some friends visit you and let's take six of each. And that really impacted me. It impacted me as I'm driving home that afternoon. It made me realise how fortunate, how blessed I am and probably some of us are in the room 
In July we had a fantastic party to celebrate the Arches' 15th birthday. We invited people from all across the city and here's what a few of them had to say. Cheers. Um, I'm responsible for children in the city as a city council and it's great to have a faith organisation that does so many things to support families. So I'm just here just to pay recognition to all those who've worked so hard to provide this service for children and their parents in the city. It's great. I'm not at Vineyard, but often I'll brag about the work of the Archers when I'm thinking of the church, you know, the wider church and the impact it makes on the city. I think um, places like the Archers are absolutely invaluable uh, for our community uh, and our city and I'm really delighted to be here today uh, to see the Archers celebrating uh, 15 years and I hope it goes on to continue to provide that much needed support uh, and help for our community. Isn't it a privilege to have impacted our city the way that we have? This last year our volunteers have given 17,000 hours and we have been able to come alongside and support just under 3,000 men, women and children. And that's representing 46 nationalities. Over the last 10 years, we've received over 24,000 pieces of furniture and been able to give those away. That's approximately 640 tonnes of waste diverted from landfill. And apparently that's equating to just over 107 African elephants. Over the last 15 years, we have seen around 30,000 men, women and children and been just a small part of their journey. That's enough to fill Trent, this auditorium, 30 times over. That's just incredible. At the heart of all we do here at The Arches, we long for people to meet and encounter Jesus and for him to transform lives and inspire change. As we have done for the last two years, we join with other churches in hosting the winter shelter for about 20 people a night who are sleeping rough or are at serious risk of doing so. And as well as a bed, we provided a hot evening snack and breakfast with a view to getting them into more permanent accommodation. And then that place was turned around each day that the arches was open. Many of you will know that Nottingham City welcomed a number of refugee families from Syria last year and last summer, Nottingham City Council and Refugee Forum asked the Arches to partner with them to set up houses for the refugee families that were arriving in the autumn. Sponsored by the Council, the Arches team provided the furniture and bought the white goods and two small groups volunteered to go and turn two houses into homes. They hung curtains and blinds, they made up beds, put up welcome posters that some of the children had made and left fruit and flowers. And we've also committed to furnishing homes for another three families uh, next month. Of course, these are not just houses, they are homes for families and people. People who, regardless of whether or not they will ever visit a church or come to faith in Jesus, we as a church are called to show compassion towards them. We still have a long way to go, but I am thrilled at the compassion that as a church we demonstrate. I'm also thrilled that we continue to be known for our generosity. One of the ways we're generous, of course, is in serving others, and we have about 150 areas of ministry. Most of you are involved in serving in at least one of those. You don't just come to church to be fed, but uh, again, last year, you invested around 185,000 voluntary hours serving others. That is Awesome generosity. Trent Debt Advice is a wonderful ministry which in the last year has helped 47 people with around a third of a million pounds of debt. Since that began back in 2011, Trent Debt Advice has helped 324 people with debts totaling three million pounds. Julia came to TDA very distraught. She has long-term health difficulties which affect every aspect of her life and means she's sometimes completely housebound. And 10 years ago, she got badly into debt and she became a client of a fee-charging debt management company which then went bust. She had paid them 20,000 pounds over seven years but only 6,000 
had been received by her creditors. The rest of the money was lost. And she still owed over 40,000 pounds. When our team met her, she was despairing of how she could you know, ever deal with this indebtedness and uh, she was happy for them to pray for her. And our team worked hard negotiating with those involved. They persevered for over six months. And by the time of her last appointment, the team were able to confirm that they had just been able to write off the entire 40,000 pounds. Awesome. As you can imagine, Julia was overcome with relief and we were delighted that uh, our prayers had been answered. And she wrote this, you have no idea how relieved I am. A weight has been lifted off my shoulders. As a church, we communicate the gospel with generosity and we make money available to small groups to do what we call blessing the community projects. And uh, this year, last year, we've hosted live music and quiz nights, gave our Easter eggs on a children's ward at the Queen's Medical Center and chocolates and posies for elderly people, painted a community center for a church that serves the local community in Carlton, painted a room at the Beeston Food Bank, donated food, we bought and wrapped presents for residents at a home for vulnerable adults and many, many, many more things too. Part of the generosity of this church is expressed in our ongoing commitment to various Trent members who are ministering in other parts of the world, in India and Zimbabwe and Japan. Each year we send teams to Romania. In our vision statement, we also aim to make disciples. Discipleship is about personal transformation, knowing the person of Jesus and the process of becoming more like him. And we believe that discipleship is for everyone, those who are just exploring faith as well as those who have known Jesus for years. The Power to Change course that was mentioned earlier, which aims to empower people who find themselves in positions of powerlessness, was run for the seventh time this year. About 50 attended the most recent course and described it, many of them, as being supportive, hope-giving, and transformational. Marriages have been enriched through the Love After Marriage course, which we ran for the first time last year. And the journey of discipleship continues throughout our lives, but it can't start too early. This year, hundreds of people on our Trent Kids team have invested thousands of hours discipling our noughts to 11s in fun and exciting ways. And a woman who came to a newcomer's meal last week responded to the question, what brought you to Trent? By explaining that the main reason she comes is that her kids love it so much. So we hope she too will come to love it as much as her children do. But that's just a little glimpse into what is amazing about our children's and youth work. Last year, a girl visiting Trent kids for the first time who had never been to church before said, I think today is the best day of my life. We've put together this film to capture what our youth and children's ministries are all about. In Trent Kids and Trent Youth, we are passionate about children and young people encountering Jesus. They are the church of today as well as tomorrow. And no matter what age they are, they can know Jesus and be used by him. I honestly don't think that there's anything more amazing than seeing a young person meet Jesus and have their life changed by him. There's almost 900 0 to 18s on our database. And on a busy Sunday morning, there can be up to 400 children and youth here at once. Both these ministries are growing, which is so exciting because it means more children and more young people get to hear about Jesus. There is such an excitement around Trent Kids at the moment. Sunday mornings are action-packed with new families arriving every week. We love welcoming the new faces in our groups and seeing God at work in the lives of our children. The rooms are busy and space is limited with sometimes over 170 under fives. Always full of activities with an incredible buzz around what God might do throughout the morning. Each age group gets a visit from our amazing worship team, from the babies in creche to the preschoolers. 
and one of the most amazing things to see is the kids helping to lead the worship sessions and praying together. Baby dedications are an integral part of Trent Kids and we love welcoming new babies into our church family. We have so much going on midweek, including parenting courses, mega mornings and baby and toddler groups. We are passionate about all the kids that God brings our way, whether on a Sunday morning or midweek in our microgroups or extreme days. On a busy Sunday morning, we have over 175 amazing kids in our 5 to 11s groups, and we want them to be actively involved in all that we do. When we gather all the 5 to 11s together in big, we have a lot of fun, make a lot of noise, and occasionally get messy with Gunge. But we also encourage the kids to meet with God through worship, prayer, and relevant teaching from the Bible. They also have time in small groups where they can be relationally known and lovingly discipled to grow in their walk with Jesus and I love hearing stories of them meeting him. In Trent Youth, everything we do is about encouraging and inspiring young people to love God, love others and change the world that they live in. We meet in the youth centre every Sunday where we've got the sports hall, FIFA, the cafe, table football and loads of other stuff. And then we head through to worship together. The youth centre is rammed every Sunday morning as Trent kids use the youth auditorium and we use one of the smaller rooms. However, this room just wasn't big enough, so in September 2015, we knocked a wall down to make some more space. Now, we did make a pretty cool room, but sometimes there are 115 of us in there and there is very little space. We've even had to put some of the smaller groups in the arches too. Then on Tuesday nights, the youth centre is buzzing with around 100 young people plus new friends that are invited every week and we are passionate about knowing every single one of them individually. We have 14 amazing small groups that take place on the Tuesdays and are so important to everything that we do. These are all about loving and supporting the young people and inspiring them to live life to the full with Jesus. So for me, one of the things that has been so incredible to see is young people that have come all the way through Trent Kids and Trent Youth and are thriving in their relationship with Jesus and as adults. Many of them have gone on to serve Jesus elsewhere and are involved in leadership in their churches. So my first morning in Trent Kids was amazing. Uh, there was loads of other people my own age. The worship music was like actually cool. And I just came home really excited, like begging my parents to let me come back. So then I moved up into Trent Youth, which was amazing. There were loads of people my own age. The worship music was loud, exciting and relevant. We had a food fight, uh, eating competition, which I won. And I was just loving being around this group of young people my own age, all following Jesus. And there was just such a buzz around it. So I was probably always a little bit mischievous and I wasn't always living the life in the week that I was saying I was on a Sunday. But regardless of that, the leaders saw straight through me and they just loved me and accepted me for who I was. And to be honest, it wasn't until I was like 17, 18 that I really knew and loved and accepted Jesus for myself. And I don't know if, if it wasn't for those leaders investing all that time and energy into me, I don't know if I'd know Jesus today, but I am so thankful that those leaders did. So after Trent Youth, I did the Trent Gap Year and then the Discipleship Year. And both of those were just a really good opportunity for me to learn more about myself and to learn more about Jesus. And following on from that, I've joined the youth staff team and I'm so excited about playing my part in seeing the next generation of young people fully alive in Jesus. So as you can see, God has done so much through Trent Kids and Trent Youth, but we're just so excited about the future, about what's to come, because we passionately believe that there is so much more for our children and young people here at Trent Vineyard. We want to reach out to include everyone in this invitation to find a relationship with Jesus. So discipleship often starts with people who are exploring faith. And I'm always encouraged at the number of people who come along on a Sunday who are in church for the first time. You may be one of them, and we are delighted that you're here. On the table by the doors, we have two booklets for people considering faith changing lives and why Jesus, and in the last year we have given away over 6,000 of them. In 2016, we baptized more people than in any previous year, and we just had our largest ever baptism last Sunday. Some of those who were baptized last week had attended Alpha, which is designed to help people explore the Christian faith, and at Alpha we served just over 700 free meals to guests 
in the last year. Everyone's experience of Alpha is different, of course. Let me give you one. One lady came along to one of our Alpha courses following a period of depression, including some suicidal thoughts, and initially she found the course a bit overwhelming, uh, but later felt prompted to return. And after receiving prayer, she had an experience with the Holy Spirit where she felt emboldened, and that week she prayed for her daughter and her mum for physical complaints, and apparently they were both healed. And she had what she described as a revelation about Jesus and his death on the cross. And she said, it was like everything clicked into place and I knew I was valuable to God personally. And she gave her life to Jesus. It wasn't all straightforward after that point. She felt it was all going a bit fast, but one of the Alpha team maintained connection with her and encouraged her to come along then to the post-Alpha course. And she's continuing now her journey among us here at Trent. As well as Alpha, we also hold other events that are designed, are designed to help create a meaningful connection between members of our church and those exploring faith. For many people uh, who find their way here, their, their journey starts with an invitation to our carol service. And as well as being an act of worship at Christmas time, it serves as a way of inviting people into church who might not have been here before. This past year, for the first time, doing four services allowed us to host over three and a half thousand people, many of whom were with us for the first time, and many of whom have come again. Some have come along to the Alpha course, which has just started. Part of discipleship is training and equipping people in the extending of God's kingdom. God's love has touched our lives in profound ways, and we want to do all we can to share the good news of Jesus wherever and however we can. Throughout the year, members of this church have been going out regularly, offering prayer for healing on the streets, and also sharing the good news of Jesus Christ through what's known as the miracle question. If God could do a miracle in your life, what would you want him to do? And they've seen 50 people open their hearts to Jesus on the streets. During one conversation, they asked a man if he'd ever heard about Jesus and the message of the gospel, and the man answered by telling them, you have between now and the time my bus arrives to explain it to me. <laughs> An amazing conversation ensued, and the guy ended up missing several buses <laughs> as they talked about Jesus. Sharing our faith is something we believe is for everyone. The Trent Kids team have engaged with nearly 2,000 children in schools. And the kids themselves are also catching the vision. And after a Blessing the Community workshop where some children went out, one of the microgroups went out, one of our kids said to their microgroup leader, I'm a bit sad, I only gave out four Why Jesus booklets. God has blessed us so much here. We continue to be committed to training people up and sending them out to other cities to plant new churches. We believe planting new churches is the most effective way of reaching other communities, sharing what we have here, and reaching them with the good news of Jesus. And over the last dozen years, we have planted nine churches from here. Last year, we sent Paul and Seth Lowe with a large team to plant Manchester Vineyard, and they are absolutely thriving. And this year, we have two new churches, which we will be releasing in a few months' time. Firstly, Tim and Hannah Ilsley began leading what we call a strawberry plant in Mansfield, by which we mean a church plant which is still attached, still a part of us, like a new strawberry plant still attached by its runner. Now that has fine, uh, not finally, has fully taken root, and later this year we will be recognizing it as a church in its own right, officially releasing the Mansfield Vineyard. I'm also delighted to announce that Josh and Katie Kay will be moving to Oxford to plant a vineyard church, and we'll be hearing from both couples when we send them out later in the year. We're also, as a church, committed to blessing the whole body of Christ. A significant amount of staff and voluntary time is given to organizing events that bless the other 118 churches in the National Vineyard Movement, as well as churches in other denominations. Earlier this month, we hosted the National Leaders Conference with over 1,200 leaders from around the country and beyond. Uh, we organized the Dreaming the Impossible Youth Festival each May. This year, there were nearly 1,000 there. 
with youth from about 50 vineyards, including 110 from our own youth, together with a team of about 50 volunteers from Trent. In October, we hosted the Cause to Live For conference for about 800 young adults from across the nation. Our worship team and key worship leaders and musicians have spent considerable time blessing other churches. In addition to helping lead worship at some of those conferences, a number of our team have written songs and featured on worship albums released last year. Amen. Amen. Debbie and I not only lead this church, but since 2015, we serve as the national directors for the Vineyard Movement here in the UK and Ireland. And we are so grateful to a number of senior staff, not least Tom and Helen, who have stepped up to take on more responsibility in order to release us to do that. I believe uh, we are doing what God has envisioned us and called us to do. We see his hand at work everywhere and are incredibly grateful to him for everything I've mentioned along with all the other areas of church life that I've not been able to touch on. We don't do this in our own strength. We are dependent on the grace and the favor of God in everything we do. Without God building the house, those that build it, we know, would be laboring in vain. And we are incredibly grateful to God for his empowering and his provision. As we review the past year, one of the helpful measures of health is the church's finances. And I want to take a few moments just to have a look at that with you. Uh, The church's financial year runs from July to June. And so the charts I'm about to show you represent the situation up to the 30th of June, 2016. And it's worth pointing out that they don't, they, what they do show is our general running income and expenditure. They don't include the money that you've given to specific things like building expansion or to any of the special offerings that we've taken. So let's look at how it came in in the year ending 30th of June, 2016. The total amount which came in this past year was £1,998,000. A healthy growth of nearly 5% on the previous year. A lot of money with which we've done a lot of things. This green slice, 74.6%, is regular giving, which came in through the bank, through church app, or a small amount through the offering. The pink, 15.7% was tax, reclaimed from the inland revenue, which has been paid on the money members gave as we were a registered charity. The blue, 9.4%, is profits from trading activities, mainly external organizations using the warehouse for conferences, and that tiny sliver of 0.3% was other sundry income. Including what we gave away, we spent 1960000 with 38,000 being saved towards capital expenditure. That's 3.5% more than the previous year. The orange slice is what we call set apart. So 22% of our income is set apart to be given away or spent on activities that benefit those outside our church. And in line with the Bible's teaching that the percentage we've decided to give back to God is given first before all our, or our all our other expenses, even if we couldn't afford to do everything we wanted to do with the remainder, that 22% is set apart and can't be raided, can't be used for other purposes. So set apart includes things like giving to Vineyard Churches UK and Ireland, the costs involved in our ministries to the poor, including staff salaries for areas like the Arches, missions abroad, blessing the community, and various gifts to other churches and organizations. Just to highlight a couple of things that we've given to this year, we, because we have this set apart money, we can respond instantly if there's a crisis. So we sent 10,000 pounds to help with tear funds work in Aleppo, Syria, as that disaster, that crisis was unfolding. And then we sent another 10,000 pounds following Hurricane Matthew in Haiti. And we've given through Tear Fund a number of times over the years as they have this amazing ability to get resources on the ground pretty much immediately in disaster areas. They're often working through local churches and partners in those uh, countries. The pink slice represents 30.5% on pastoral staff salaries and costs. The green slice represents 18% spent on operations, staff and costs. That's administrative, business, and warehouse, and we have a very, very large staff team now, absolutely fantastic, 
who are often behind the scenes working incredibly hard to enable the rest of the church to fulfill what God has called you to do. So whilst these two slices, the pink and green slices, are categorized as salaries and costs, bear in mind that it's all essentially ministry. Pioneering, organizing, leading, overseeing, administrating ministry within and outside the church. The blue slice, 21.9%, represents ministries and operations, which is what we spend on top of the staff time in the vast array of areas of ministry uh, and the costs involved with administration and the running of our buildings. The yellow slice represents mortgage payments, which are currently 5.7% of our total income. And the black slice of 1.9% was the 38,000 I referred to at the beginning. That represents the amount that we saved and which, along with previous year's surpluses, is, investing, is invested in our ongoing capital expenditure. So another pretty amazing and very positive year. If you have any questions about the finances, you are welcome to ask any of the trustees. Just get in touch via the church office, and you'll find these charts and so on on the website. As we look ahead into 2017, we will continue to follow the blueprints set out in our vision statement so we can continue to grow into all that God has called us to be. And this year we have one emphasis. Our emphasis for this year is making room for more. As we continue to be inclusive, friendly, relational, we expect more people to continue to come towards us and so we need to make more room for them. Making room for more is a phrase which you will hear mentioned many times this year because it covers a lot more than physical space. A lot more than physical space. And not just making room for others, but actually making room in our lives for all that God has for us. So we will, over the course of the year, be looking at areas like making room for more relationships with friends and with family and with those who don't yet know Jesus making room for more divine appointments as God interrupts our schedules, prompting us to do something which we hadn't planned to do, perhaps taking a moment to text somebody a word of encouragement or to stop and help somebody or to take an opportunity to pray for someone or pop in on someone who's lonely. We'll be talking about making room for more of God, making room in our lives for God to speak to us, in Larry Warner's book, Discernment, God's Will, and Living Jesus, which I recommend, he talks about the fact that many of us just don't have room in our busy schedules to stop and notice when God is wanting to get our attention. And, you know, you may feel, you know, discernment, how do I know God's will? I'm not really hearing God. I'm not really experiencing God. I'm just motoring on. I'm really getting nowhere. God is nowhere to be found in my everyday experience. And Larry encourages us to pay attention to the present moment. God, he says, is to be found in the now, here. It's not, you don't have to wait, it's now and it's here if we will be attentive to God speaking. He is speaking, he is wanting to get our attention, but we are so often moving too fast to notice. And the difference between nowhere and now here is fascinating. It simply involves the creation of a little bit of space. We would do well to make room for more of God in our daily walk with Him. And in all the areas that we'll be looking at, we'll be engaging with what it means to make room for those things. Right now, we are very excited about making room for more people. This time last year, I mentioned that we were working with architects on developing additional space for adults and children, and this year we anticipate those plans becoming reality. The Lord continues to bring more people to be part of this family. And so in three weeks' time, on the 12th of March, we will begin a three-week series called Making Room for More, sharing with you the exciting plans that we have now finished for making room for more adults, making room for more children, and making room for more youth. And as you'll have picked up from the video just now, Trent Youth are crammed into a room in the youth center while the 5 to 11s use the main auditorium for big. And so we want to create an auditorium for our, our Trent kids, give Trent Youth back their space. We plan to build more rooms for our children to use. And we plan to expand this auditorium to make room for more adults. 
So I encourage you to make every effort to be here on the 12th of March, that's three weeks' time, and the following Sundays, as together we go on this adventure of following the Lord's leading uh, with a gift day on the 2nd of April. As 2017 gets underway, it is clear that God has more for us. There is an invitation here today to take up the God-given challenge to get involved, to invest your time, your energy, your money in joining those of us who are already committed to building this little expression of God's church. The invitation to some of you today is to move from being an attender to becoming a member. So let me encourage you to reflect on what you've heard today. This is what you're a part of. And let me encourage you to invest financially in what the Lord is doing here. I would also encourage those of you who are financially committed to review the amount you give and increase it if you feel the Lord is prompting you to do that. You can give via the website or you can set up or update a standing order with your bank online. And if you would like to do that, it would really help if you would email the finance department at giving at trentvineyard.org so they, they know where the money's coming from. And the church's bank details are on a form that's on a seat quite close to you. So if you want to use that form, uh, you can take it away, you can post it back, you can bring it back, or you could even drop it in a box. There are guarded boxes by the doors today if you prefer to do that. Most people, we're guessing, will give through their bank online. Others of you have joined us but not got round yet to joining a team. And with so much going on, so many teams to potentially join, there's bound to be at least one that's going to, uh, your gifts can be used. And so there's a, f a serving form on a chair near you. If you'd like to, fill out that with one or two ticks, pop it in the box by the door, someone will contact you and invite you to come and try something out. And then you can decide whether you'd like to perhaps go on a rotor doing that once a month. So we look forward to the rest of 2017 with great anticipation of all the Lord will do with us this year. We love this church. It is a joy to serve you as we follow the Lord's leading together. And we are so grateful that we get to be part of this family. To God be the glory. Great things he has done.